The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Pressure throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's got a block to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. High pass. Did Williams make that catch? My goodness. Feet for a first down. Herbert with time. Now running out of time. Throws on the run. Down the sideline. Caught in the end zone. Keenan Allen for the touchdowns. Throws, and again, it's intercepted. And that's Asante Samuel. Here's another one. Watch out. How did it feel when Derwin James absolutely powerbombed the f*** out of you on national television? You're listening to the Shock Therapy Podcast with Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers. Another week, another loss, uh, another hard loss because this one is to the Chiefs, our division rival. I called this game exactly to the score, 31-17. It wasn't a particularly close game. Um, just kind of want to get your thoughts a little bit. I, I have a couple things I want to talk about, but I want to get your thoughts on the game a little bit before we jump into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, first and foremost, just so frustrated with what we were expecting coming in and what we have seen so far. Um, this team is a lot more talented than what the their two and four record suggests. Um, I guess you know, the first game all season that wasn't decided by one score, uh, but Chargers are on the bad side of a, of a blowout. Um, I, we were talking about last week, things need to improve. We need to get better in a lot of phases. I thought we had a great first half, completely fell off the wagon that second half, and it was all, all phases. Um, well, we had a really beyond, bad first frustrated, half. Frustrated, super disappointed. Right? Sure. Right. So that it, yeah. Um, no, it, it's all over the place. I, I, you asked me my thoughts on the game. I'm frustrated. I'm I'm angry. Um, and I feel deceived. I, I think this is a way better team than than what we have seen. Um, and I think a lot of that. It's not all, but a lot of this disappointment has to fall on Staley's shoulders. I, you know, me and you, I think, have come on here uh, for a while defending this guy. Um, And the reason I wanted to, I I was on his side is because he was young. It takes a while to develop into this role. I I wanted time to see who he really was as a head coach. And I think we have seen it now, uh, these last two seasons, who Staley really is. He came in year one with a lot of nice ideas. He kind of implemented them early on in that first year. He has kind of phased away from them. He is like it, the media is in his head. He is a completely different coach this season than he was when he arrived uh, two seasons ago. Um, he he is absolutely on the hot seat because a lot of this disconnection falls on his shoulders. Yeah, so I, I think that's something I do want to get into. I do want to talk about Brandon Staley. Um, let's just get into it now. So like Brandon Staley's first two years, and, and I actually wrote an article today First time I've written an article in a little while. Uh, Brandon Staley is nearing an in-season job loss. Uh, Charger fans have begun to really just turn on Brandon Staley and reasonably slow. I think he's a really likable person. I I love the way he interviews. I love his his passion for the game. Um, But 
his job, it's ultimately it's predicated on results and the results just haven't been what they should be with the team built around so many different stars on both sides of the ball. He was regarded as a defensive genius. He comes out of the Vic Fangio coaching tree as a defensive coordinator with the Los Angeles Rams. He had the number one defensive unit allowing just 18 and a half points per game and a really, really good season for the Rams. It led to him getting the coaching job ultimately. Um, him and, and the way that he interviewed for that position, the way he he speaks and he talks. And when he became the Chargers head coach, it seemed like a lot of players were bought in. He switches over to the Chargers, and it was expected that he was going to bring the same stout, hard-nosed bully to help win the Chargers Super Bowl. You're talking about Derwin James, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, J.C. Jackson. All these guys were making a lot of money on the defensive side of the ball. He really had the pieces to really implement his style of football. He rebuilt the defensive line in his image. Um, and the the ultimate result was that the Chargers were at the bottom in total rushing yards in back-to-back seasons. And he's trending this season toward having one of the worst pass defenses 2023. He's got the highest defensive payroll of any defensive t- team Uh, any team in the NFL, and it's absolutely unacceptable for somebody that everybody considers a a defensive guru. I'm going to get to the second part of this article in a sec, but ultimately, like Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded head coach who has the most payroll of any NFL team defensively, and the Chargers have had serious issues against the run during the last two seasons and this year, totally going away from what made him such a great, um, great coach was his past defense. And this year he's got the worst, one of the worst, most of the, one of the teams that gives up the most explosive plays against the pass. We fixed some of the issues in, in the, 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 the run defense this year, but ultimately in his third year, this is the year you're expecting him to really get it together, really improve as a head coach. And just for the defensive side of the ball, he hasn't gotten it together. No, um, Brandon Staley has, has lost himself. Like, I don't think he recognizes himself in the mirror when he's waking up right now because we, we, we're seeing two different guys. Let's start offensively. Um, what Staley came in, first, first matchup that we played against the Chiefs, playing aggressively. He comes out in this press conference. This is going to be our style of play. We are going to play to win the game. We are not going to play to not to lose. That was his mentality. He stood on it. He made some tough decisions that people didn't like, but he that was his way. Hey, we're going to play like this. Uh, I'm going to live with the results. We're going to win or die on this philosophy. We love that. The offseason comes. The media had a, a field day with it. You've seen last year. He was a little more reserved in his fourth down going for it calls, but there were still when the game needed it, when we needed a play, he went after it. We were that same type of philosophy, play to win, not play to lose, not lose. This past game and this past season, we're not seeing that. We're absolutely playing not to lose. And the best example of that is when you hold the Chiefs to four straight possessions without a score, that is an absolute win. You need to capitalize on those types of lows for them. What did we do? We get a pivotal 
interception to start the fourth quarter. We run three straight runs. We don't even dial up one pass play for our Hall of, our, you know, our franchise quarterback. We ran three plays with our foot on their throat. That is absolutely plain not to lose. And we and the results speak for themselves. The momentum went straight into Kansas City's hands, and we had no chance of redeeming that. Defensively, go ahead. And I don't even put that on Brandon Staley. I put that on Kellen Moore because uh, Brandon Staley's not calling those plays. He's really got his hands off of the offense. He has his entire time here. So I don't take that. I, the only thing that he does control is those fourth down decisions, those fourth and short decisions, uh, and not kicking field goals when those are available to you. Um, so I'm not going to put all of that on Brandon Staley. I'll talk about the other thing I'm going to talk about when you finish your uh, your thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and, and that was just kind of, I just kind of wanted to make a point that he comes in with this expectation and we've kind of seen that tailor off while he's been here. I think the biggest def, the, the biggest glaring issue is how he came in, what he was saying uh, his first year here about the defense and then what we just saw. One of his first pressers, Brandon Staley, talks about you cannot play zone defense against elite quarterbacks. They're going to find the holes, and if you do that, that is a recipe to lose. You're going to lose. Good quarterbacks carve you up. What do we do? We ran all zone that first half, and this is where Brandon Staley has really lost me. Early on, you call him out about his decisions, his hype, you know, uh, controversial calls, and he'll tell you, this is why I did it. This is why I'm going to continue to do it. I believe in this. Well, uh, all right. He comes out. Daniel Popper asks him, hey, you told us when you first got here that zones are not a good way to go against elite quarterbacks. You played nothing but zone that first half. Why? And, he, and Brandon Staley's response was, well, Daniel, we played a lot of man, actually, in the first half. They were just beating us whatever we throw. No, you did not. You go to Michael Davis and you go to Derwin James and you ask them the same question. They said we were in zone way too much. That's not a good way to play the, the Chiefs. We adapted a little bit in the second half, but if Staley's calling those types of plays, we just have to go back and execute better. He's he, Now he's lying. He's not taking accountability. He is moving away from what made him a great defensive coach. But true to himself, he is a different guy. And year three, Brandon Staley is a horrible head coach. Like him as a person, I need him as far as away from my football team because he is, is butchering it right now. So the Chargers have opted to kind of back off in coverage in, in recent weeks uh, to really prevent a lot of the explosive plays that they were giving up early on the season. And that's led to opposing teams methodically moving down the field, using space and, and uh, beneath coverage and between the zones. That's a playing scared tactic. That is not what Brandon Staley's defense is predicated on. If Staley wants to fix the issues in the pass defense, he needs to continue to play to his strengths, especially to his cornerbacks and coverage. Michael Davis is a big body nice. corner who wins by playing physical at the line of scrimmage. Asante Samuel has been really good as a man coverage. In his first couple of weeks, he gave up like no receptions at all. Like Teams didn't even target him because it was really hard to, to do so. This defense is built to play press man coverage and use the pass rush to make quarterbacks get the ball out quickly. The pass rush has been phenomenal. We've been extremely successful this season at getting to the quarterback. 
don't get away from your identity, Brandon say Like this is this is who you are as a defensive-minded head coach, backing your corners up to the sits. That's not the way your defense was taught to play all training camp in the last three seasons. And it's the same exact core of players that it was three years ago when he started. We've added some pieces. There's been some movement. Kaiser White's been changed out. Jerry Tillery's gone. But you you revamped this defense in your image, and you took the first three or four weeks, and you went, oh, my God, we are getting lit up over the top. Now that the, the pass rush is starting to come into its own, the, the run defense is starting to come into its own, he's given up all these explosive passing plays. And instead of just sticking to what – I get you want to make some some adjustments from game to game, but like your philosophy shouldn't change. You shouldn't change your philosophy. You should change how you game plan certain situations, but the core of what your defense does needs to remain the same. That's been a major issue defensively this season is that now that these guys have kind of gone into this system and, and really bought into it and, and they know their roles a lot better than they did two years ago, you don't go away from that because you're 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 starting to play scared. Backing Michael Davis off the sticks and just giving these little dinks and dunks, that's not how this defense was built. Play to the strengths of your defense regardless because you're going to be even worse if you switch it up and try to change your philosophy of who you are, your identity. This is not a zone coverage defense. This isn't Gus Bradley. This is Brandon Staley's defense. Do what you built this team to do. No, and I, I, I love that point because um, you look at that second half and and I do want to commend the adjustments for a second because that third quarter was lights out. And what did we do? We dared them to go deep. We moved up. We played a lot more man. We were doubling Kelsey with Derwin as the primary defender. Why did that take till the third quarter to do, by the way? doesn't seem – I don't need to be a defensive – guru to know that my best pass coverage guy needs to be on their best pass catcher that's just like come on that's easy math um either way what happened that third quarter and you saw those first four or five possessions with no uh casey score that was staley playing to the strength of his players going back to his identity i thought we played great as soon as the fourth quarter comes around we abandon that again it's the dink and dunks and patrick mahomes is too damn good to play like that. And we've played Patrick Mahomes really well over the last four games before this one. I think I would say this is the worst performance that we've seen from a Staley led team against the Chiefs. Is that then, fair to say? Yeah, it, it totally is. It's he got away from his game plan, he got away from his identity, and he cute. started playing with like his jobs on the line, which it is, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't coach to that. You should coach to yeah. your philosophy no matter what because that's who you are. My final thought on Brandon Staley, I think his issues go over really calling an underwhelming defense. Staley's game management and his aggressive tendencies, they put a lot of pressure on the team to execute in key situations, and it's kind of a toss-up. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. He's praised when it works. He is totally thro- dragged through through the mud when it doesn't. He's backed off a bit from his first season where every fourth down became a go-for-it situation. I thought he coached a little bit better in certain situations last season, but there were still way too many, way too aggressive. I think like his his fourth down and go-for-it situations, like he backed off from it, but um, 
he's he's his management is just borderline reckless. It was a big change from Anthony Lynn and Mike McCoy's overly conservative nature, but the swing from conservative to aggressive is even higher on the barometric scale. I think that growing pains were expected for a first-time head coach with Brandon Staley. His NFL experience spanned just four seasons. He's got a lot of college experience, but his experience namely as a defensive coordinator and as a position coach is very minimal. I think he improved from year one to year two. He made the playoffs last season with two games to spare. The regression this season is so noticeable, though, that it kind of trumps everything that he's accomplished to this point, which isn't a lot. But I I feel like you make playoffs in your second year. You're trending upward, even if there was an embarrassing loss in the playoffs. I think that the Chargers are always competitive, whether they're playing up or down to their opponent's skill level. But they've never played up to their own ability, not once. If if the general manager is in charge of building a roster, the coaching staff develops those players and they turn their team into winners. Staley is trending in the completely wrong direction right now. And if this season doesn't turn around quickly, I think Staley is going to not be a head coach very much longer. Um, I mean, he's on he's on that trajectory. Um, I just think. Yeah, I, and I think it would be a better role for him. Um, he is young. He does have great ideas. He is a great person to have, you know, he's a good culture guy. I, I do want to give him credit. I'm really looking at this situation very similarly to how I looked and viewed the Golden State Warriors. I, I in, in my opinion, uh, Staley is like, you know, Mark Davids or what is his name? Um uh, yeah, I know the head coach for. Yeah, the head coach. He put this team together. He built. He instilled a culture to a cultureless team. He wasn't getting it done in the highest, uh, at the highest stakes. Steve Kerr comes in. Dynasty is written. You're never going to take that back. We need our Steve Kerr. Thank you, Staley, for building this team, laying the foundation. You're not the guy to get us there. You're not the guy to get us over the top. I still think he has time to uh, to, we, to, to we, change things. I still I still think that the issue is that I'm starting to see players are no longer bought in. I know that there was comments made by Austin Eckler. Yeah. I know Keenan Allen has made a couple comments when he didn't travel with the team, asking what are we doing on Twitter, right? You're airing out your frustrations. I think that this team is frustrated. And I still think Brandon Staley, he's losing me. He's almost completely lost me. But I still see certain things about his coaching style, his personality, things about him that I really do like. Like, I, I do like Brandon Staley. Yeah. I got really over Anthony Lynn and Mike McCoy very quickly. Brandon Staley's still so likable. I, I know that he's smart, right? I know that, logically speaking, he's kind of smart. I don't love his overly aggressive nature. I, I think that he has grown as a head coach over the last three seasons. But I feel like these uh, these close losses and and um, some of the decisions that have happened, uh, his inability to um, find a offensive coordinator, and, and I'm not out on Kellen Moore, but one that has is able to push this offense past its um, its issues has led to some of these issues. I like the defense that he runs, his the team's execution. That's what it comes down to. Brandon Staley's team's ability to execute when they need to is just not there. I felt like he built the culture, but in the grand scheme of things, 
he's underperforming. He's in his third year. The Chargers are two and four. And I think we need to have a real conversation about not just replacing Brandon Staley, but Tom Telesco is on that chopping yeah, block as well. And I, I feel like I want to move this segment into this. I do want to talk about the Chiefs game. I do want to talk about the Bears game. But I also want to get your thoughts on Tom Telesco. I'm going to throw some stats out there once you get a chance to really talk about your thoughts as the general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers. No, um, I'm not. They, both of them have lost me. Um, they've been given too many chances with too many talented teams. Um, and they're playing with my heart right now. So I, I, I don't have anything against them as people. I do think they're, I love Staley as a, as a person. I would love to be able to have a conversation, have a beer and talk football with him. I am done with both of them as head coach and general manager. They've had too many times. They haven't got it done. We're talking about Tom Telesco, 10 years, two winning seasons with Phillip Rivers and then one gap year, then you got Justin Herbert. Those are the quarterback is the most important position, and you are very, very, uh, what is the word, um, privileged to go from that to that. We went Flutie, Drew Brees, Rivers, Herbert. That is so great. Ryan Leaf, you got Ryan Leaf. You got to add that in there. Uh, <laughs> you got to yeah, okay. add Ryan Leaf into that mix. I'm sorry, you got it. <laughs> well, I lost you for a second. I can't hear you, big dog. But let me talk about Tom Telesco while you're getting your audio fixed. So Telesco, he became the Chargers general manager in 2013. He's in his 11th year as general manager. In the 11 years, 10 years and eight weeks, the Chargers have made playoffs just three times. Over that span, the Chargers have just two seasons with over 10 wins. They've never won the AFC West division under Tom Telesco. There's two constants in that time frame that have remained. The first one is Keenan Allen, who at the age of 32 continues to be a really steady contributor, defining his own age. But the teams built around him have failed to have consistent success the way Keenan Allen has throughout his career. Telesco's hired three coaches in his tenure, Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn, and Brandon Staley, all three have come up short of expectations. To date, Telesco's win-loss record is 81-87. and 87. He's got a 48% win percentage as the GM. To give you an idea what that looks like, NFL GMs with prolonged success have win percentages that hover close to about 60%. John Snyder, who's been the Seahawks GM from 2010 to 2023, has won 61% of his games. Ted Thompson with the Packers from 2005 to 2017, 60.3%. And one of my favorite guys, Kevin Colbert with the Steelers from 2000 to 2021, 21 years, 64% win percentage. Of all those general managers, they've all installed head coaches that have been with them the majority of their careers. John Snyder has been linked to Pete Carroll almost his entire career. Ted Thompson was linked to Mike Sherman, Mike McCarthy, most of his career. And then you look at Kevin Colbert, he won Super Bowls with both Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin at the helm. Great general managers, they do more than just build competitive rosters. They hire head coaches that create a certain winning culture by creating a coaching staff that develops players, creates winning game plans, and gets a team bought into a winning organization. None of the Chargers head coaches under Tom Telesco has accomplished that. Telesco 
has improved his shaky drafting in recent years, but his early career drafts were really atrocious and probably something he should have been fired for early in his career. If you look at the, 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 the first three rounds of the majority of Tom Telesco's draft picks, you have guys like DJ Fluker, who was, didn't make it to a second contract, Mante Teo, Jeremiah Tauchu, Jason Verrett, Chris Watt, Craig Major, Max Turk, Forrest Lamp, Dan Feeney. All those guys were all drafted in the first three rounds from 2013 to 2017. Not a single one of those guys made it to a second contract, either for injury or lack of success. So just putting all of that in perspective, Tom Telesco has been the general manager for 11 years now by the end of this season, and he has just not built a winning culture. I think a lot of that culture, the issues, was from those shaky drafts, which carried on into future years. This is not – Tom Telesco has not been a great GM, at least for the early part of his career. I think that when you look at the fact that he drafted recently Justin Herbert, Rayshon Slater, Asante Samuel, Josh Palmer, and Thule, all those guys have really helped to extend his career. Um, but ultimately, Telesco is the ultimate responsible leader for this team's overall success and its culture – and it's been a losing culture for most of his career. If and when Brandon Staley is fired, I think that Tom Telesco has to be in line for replacement as well. And this is a hot topic with a lot of fans right now. Brandon Staley and, and Tom Telesco are currently a package deal. And I feel like you get one of one, you have to get rid of the other. Closing thoughts on, on Tom Telesco. And those are my thoughts. I like Tom Telesco's ability yeah. to find some talent for here and there, but... In the grand scheme of things, his early issues have carried on throughout the, the entirety of his career. Yeah, and so I, if we want to run this back, what we're going to get is a team who's not going to who's going to be very mediocre. You're going to be close. You're not going to win. And that's what we've seen with the Telesco years. In his tenure, the last 10 years, we are number one team in the NFL in one-score games. Almost a hundred. We've only, we've lost more than half of those. If you are in a one-score game, good teams are winning those games. You're close. You have a chance. He has the most one-score uh, games in his tenure. We've also have the most one-score defeats. If you want to be close to winning and not winning, keep Telesco and Staley. It's time for a change. We need a winner. The culture is set. We got players. It's time to go and acquire a winner, um, and I don't know where we're gonna we're gonna find these guys, but I don't believe in Staley or Tom Telesco to to be the winning culture, the guys to get us over the hump. Um, the fact that we want to move away from Marty Schottenheimer after a twelve and four year, like we've seen these guys, we've given them enough chances. It, it, they are not Marty Schottenheimer, and it's time to move on. We need we we have an opening here surrounding Justin Herbert's arm. We need to keep this guy healthy. The last couple of years, we've been letting him get banged up. It, it, it's it's time to go all in. If you want to win, it's all about surrounding Justin Herbert with talent, and that includes the front office and his coach. I don't think Tom Telesco or the, Staley are the guys to fully unleash uh, Herbert's capability. And then my final thought before we, we kind of jump into this Chiefs game and, and our Bears there's probably going to be a, a, a quicker recap because I feel like we, we really hit yeah. the nail with the hammer on this pretty heavily. Um, I don't think that the season's a loss yet. 
I think the Chargers are really headed toward a really uneasy future that gets worse when we realize that the Chargers cap situation as it stands, we're going into a rebuild. The Chargers are projected to be $45 million under the over the 20 uh the 2024 salary cap with $20 million in dead cap uh, for the JC Jackson trade. This is an all-in year, and all-in isn't looking nearly as good as the all-in YouTube series that we've been blessed with. <laughs> Something needs to change <laughs> fast if there's any hope to right the ship. The only way I'm firing Brandon Staley is the moment that we give up on the season and we say, all right, it's time to move on. We have no hope of winning at all this season because I feel like if you're making a coaching change in the middle of the season, you're doing it for one of two reasons. One, you already believe you've lost the season. You already believe that you have no hope of making playoffs and you're going to get a head start on making decisions for next season. I don't think we're there yet. I, I Even if we lose to the, the, the Bears this coming week, you still are in it, right? Like it's still too early to make that change. We're not 0 and 7 or 8, right? You're you're still in it, right? When you become to the point when you realize that there's absolutely no chance that this team has to make um playoffs is when you fire Brandon Staley. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're going to be there next week. But we are getting there very quickly. Our chance, odds right now to make the playoffs are 30%. If we lose to the Bears, it drops down to 19%. That is uh, New York Times math. Take it for what it is. But I still think at 2-5, and five, you can still go on a run. Niners did it, but we're not the Niners. We're not the Niners, and it's rare. But I think that the team has the talent to overcome that at some point during the season. I'm just – I'm not there yet, right? And I, I'm there where I'm like – at the season, we could make playoffs, and I could make that decision in January uh, to go and replace Brandon Staley, but I'm not making an in-season move this week, next week, probably a week after that decision gets made, right? If we find ourselves at 2-6, and six, no chance of making playoffs, you make that decision. But right now, this week, next week, probably going to to hold the, the ship in a steady direction until you decide that you can't go any further. Yeah. That's all, I have to say. all right. Let's talk about the Chiefs. Uh, so Justin Herbert finished 17 of 30, 259 yards. One of the few times in his career where he's thrown more interceptions and touchdowns. He was sacked five times. Pressure was constantly in his face. Mm -hmm. uh, the run offense was a much better. Joshua Kelly uh, had that 49 yarder, uh, that huge touchdown. Uh, if you take that one play away, you're looking at 25 for. Um, you know, 98 yards, which isn't great. Um, I still think they're struggling there. I thought Josh Palmer had a, a terrific game, five receptions, 133 yards on seven targets. Keenan Allen was much more quiet this game. Um, but those were really the only two guys that were involved in, in the passing offense. A uh, really rough day for Justin Herbert, another really bad game for him. Uh, still missing targets open and really just rattled by pressure all game. It's becoming a normal issue for the chargers and week to week to week uh give me some of your thoughts on how the chargers offense played this game yeah um i i love the first half um just just lack of con 
continuity and um you know not having your captain up front in, in Corey Lindsley uh has a lot of impact in in both the run game and the passing game so that's been a major loss for us so far these last three four games um just not being able to get into any type of rhythm like w- when you're not able to establish that run game um you're very keyed in on the receiving game i thought the chiefs played very very well against keenan yeah he had the four catches but he was targeted nine times um that's as good as you could do against keenan especially on how hot he started the season um herbert still feeling the you know dealing with the repercussions of that th- uh hand i thought we saw some of those same type of throws they'll just give me 10 15 yard passes that he's just overthrowing uncharacteristic to him um I will say I did like that first half, getting Herbert out, getting those play actions. We really, I thought, played very well, even though the run game wasn't working for us, not abandoning the play action, continuing to run the football so they had to, uh, you know, consider it. Um, I thought we played very well that first half. I didn't see enough play action concepts. That second half, a lot of that had to do with the fact that we were just so pedestrian in that run game. I think a lot of the reason why the Chiefs guys were creeping up that first half was that big 50-yard run, which I think was just like the second. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was our second possession. So early on in the game, um, that has a major impact. And then once they started feeling themselves, they realized, yeah, we could rally to the ball. They're not going to get more than two to three yards of carry. Um, they kind of built that confidence in the second half, and you saw this offense just kind of disappear. 17 points in the first half to finish the game with 17 points not going to get it done especially when you're playing the chiefs who have one of the best defenses that i've ever seen uh patrick mahomes uh have to play behind uh and then speaking of patrick mahomes patrick mahomes went off 32 of 42 424 yards four touchdowns had the one jump ball interception that asante samuel came down with was only sacked once his main target is everybody who knew that his main target was going to be travis kelsey who was on track at halftime to finished with over 300 yards receiving second half Chargers made the decision to go and double team him play a lot more man and really take him away and out of the game it didn't matter he still finished with 12 reception 179 yards on 13 targets at one point in the game Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes won any 25 uh target to completion like 25 targets ended in receptions in three back-to-back weeks that's an insanely high number and a really crazy stat because that doesn't ever happen. To go 25 for 25 for targeting one player, Travis Kelsey's the man. He's really, really good. And I'm I'm, I'm actually kind of happy for him because, like, that's a huge milestone for somebody to reach. Um, just a, it's, a, it's a personal milestone. I don't think it really goes in any major record books. But, I mean, to go and do that is outstanding. Uh, Chargers held Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards, Tyron Jack McKinnon to almost nothing on the ground, 21 for 68, averaging 3.2 yards per carry. I'm really glad that the Chargers run defense has become a lot more stout. But going into this game, you know who the main target is. Everyone's talking about Travis Kelsey and, and Taylor Swift. And like that headline is just something I'm kind of tired of hearing about. My wife's constantly me showing me things all the time on whatever app she can find uh she's smiling right now just kind of whatever anyways um but yeah travis kelsey we knew in the game plan going in that um 
he was going to be targeted a lot, and they targeted him a lot in the first half, and he destroyed the Chargers. I feel like early in, in not trying to be a dead horse, but early in Brandon Staley's career, I felt like we helped Travis Kelsey in check. Over the last couple of games, he has really wrecked this team, and the Chargers just don't have any answer for for probably one of the best players of any p- position um, in the NFL. So sucks that he did it against the Chargers, but he is goddamn he's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean you can't say enough about him. Um, he's an amazing talent. He's an amazing player. Cool guy. Uh, don't really care about the publicity with his girlfriend or whatever is going on. Um, I will say we know who Travis Kelsey is. The whole league knows. Um, the fact that we, and it's been this this way, This our game plans have been the very same these this season. Allowing their best playmaker to just do whatever they want. What kind of strategy is that? Who is sending in on these defenses? to go for 170 yards who's signing off on that as a good idea i don't know um i lost you for a quick second there say that again waiting waiting i think i'm back no you're back all right. Well, I don't know exactly what you just said. Most of your your stuff came yeah, through. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so I'm gonna talk a little bit about the Bears because I'm kind of just tired of talking about the Chiefs. So the Bears just came off a 30 to 12 win against the Las Vegas Raiders. We played the Raiders tight. We shouldn't have. And and the the fact of the matter is that we're probably gonna play down to the Bears, who are currently two and five. Their starting quarterback right now is Tyson Badgett. He just finished. Last week, 21 of 29, 162 yards and one touchdown. Uh, and then they're, they're running a game. Their running backs have been kind of injured and beat up for their, a while there. Uh, Deontay Foreman carried the Rock 16 times, 82 yards and two touchdowns last week. Their main threat, though, is DJ Moore. DJ Moore is playing lights out. He is, he is playing exceptionally well this season. Uh, so far, uh, he's got 40 receptions on 51 targets for 636 yards. He's going to finish north of 1,200 yards this season. He's got five touchdowns. Uh, and then their other major threat is going to be Cole Komet. Um, 32 receptions, 240 yards. Not a big part of their offense, but probably one of the better tight ends in the NFL right now. I still think that they are hurting for skill position players, especially at wide receiver. This is one of those games that the Chargers just shouldn't lose. They can't lose. I think just everything about the the Bears and us potentially losing to them is just horrifying to me because you don't lose to to a team like this. This is a team that's very much in a rebuild. I think they had 20 draft picks or something crazy last um, last NFL draft. This is a team we should steamroll. I think that their main threat, DJ Moore, is probably going to go for 150 yards, even with a a backup quarterback who is looks a little bit better than we expected him to be, but. No Justin Fields with the broken thumb. No way a guy named Tyson Badgett, Bajet, Bajent, whatever the hell his name is, should go off against us because that would be absolutely embarrassing. Well, and, and that's why you like back to your earlier point that um 
you know, losing this game is not the end of the season. Based off of the, the talent we're going up against, I absolutely think it is. If we can't beat a Bears team led by the Badgent that you just mentioned, uh, are we realistically going to get that much better towards the end of the season that we could legit compete with a playoff team? Uh, and I know it's early in the year. I know a lot can change from now until then. To me, this is an absolute trap game. We are on such a downhill trajectory to lose to a team like this who has no business being in, in competition with us. With where we're at, just mentally in that locker room, I don't know how you recover from a loss to a team like this. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason we should even have to be competing with a team like this. I do say, I'm just kind of looking over their, their defensive depth chart kind of impressed with some of the players that they have here. I don't think that this is a bad defense by any stretch of the imagination. You got Unique Ngakwe playing off the edge with Demarcus Walker, Andrew Billings, and Justin Jones. I really like Justin Jones in his final year with the Chargers. Um, they've got a lot of young, good talent. Dexter, Gervon Dexter was one of our favorite um, uh, draft picks over the last season. Somebody we really enjoyed watching. They have really good linebackers, TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. Um, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Tyreek Stevenson. Those are a really small, um, a really young, good group of cornerbacks. Jaquan Brisker looks like he's going to be a, a, a perennial pole, pro bowler. Eddie Jackson's probably a, a shell of him for himself, but this isn't a bad defense. I think it's just a really young offensive uh, group of players that really need to start um, developing. And I think that they will, I think Darnell Wright was one of the, the best, um, one of the best uh, offensive tackles in last year's draft class. They have Nate Davis, they have Tevin Jenkins. I, I don't think it's even a, a bad offensive line. I think that they just lack skill position players. I think they lack a quarterback uh, and they, they lack running backs. They just lack skill position players right now. And it's a, a, a major factor of some of their issues this season. They have a ton of draft picks. This is a team that's probably going to be good in a couple years. But right now with where they are at, with all the young players on this team, they're just not a really good football team. No. Um, yeah, a lot of potential. Um, just a lot of young guys. I think. I think getting DJ Moore – being able to unlock him that the way they have uh, DJ is a, is, a, is a legit wide receiver one who I thought kind of was not utilized uh, to his strengths at Carolina and not really even utilized that first year in Chicago. Now you see he's kind of starting to be used in, in where he's good and he's absolutely been tearing it up. Um, Darnell Mooney kind of was, was that guy they were envisioning to become that true wide receiver one. I think he's a lot better placed being a number three, I think would be legit. I think he is a much better fit for a number two role. And I think he's been playing well in the slot. Um, I like Tyler Scott. We liked him. Young, a smaller, crafty guy. Uh, just some, they need some more pieces. I, I like Cole Komet. Um, I think right now at this point in his career, he's a lot more of a run blocking type who can get open for you. I think once his route running is comfortability in the passing game of balls. I think you got a piece right there to mess around with, but like you said, very, very 
very very thin uh, and they're dealing with some injuries you know Roshan Johnson is, is dealing with some injuries that was a, 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 a guy that they were really expecting to play um, some significant minutes for him that they're lucky that Deontay Foreman is showing up uh, but yeah just a disjointed uh, playmaking room in, in general right now Chicago ranks 28th in points allowed per game 26.9 I don't think it tells the full story uh, in their last three games, they've only allowed 17 points per game. This is not a bad defense. I think that early in the season, they were trying to get things figured out. Um, but allowing just 17 points in the last three games makes them, well, I guess the rank isn't in their exact. They're, they've been a top 10 defense over the last three weeks. I think that they're going to get a lot of pressure on Justin Herbert. Uh, and I think that they've got really good linebackers. They've got a, a really young good core of defensive players there. Those guys are only getting better and they're probably in line to be the next team to really upset the Chargers. I mean, they allowed just 12 points against the Raiders, which isn't saying much, but the Chargers aren't offenses are playing much better than the Raiders are either. So you can't really, no. you know, take that for what it's worth, but they're just, they're very much improved last season. They allowed 27 points per game over the last three, 17 points per game. This isn't, this is a stout defense. They're, they're a good defense. They're a lot better than a lot of other teams are giving them credit for. They just had a couple blowout losses to start the season. That seems to be rounding out. They're a team that doesn't really have an identity on the offensive side of the ball, especially missing quarterback. Um, whatever you think of Justin Fields, he is a much bigger threat than Tyson Badgett is. And Tyson Badgett just scored 30 points on the Raiders. So we're kind of lucky that we're getting him without – Justin Fields, I feel like Chargers always struggle to contain um, athletic quarterbacks. Tyson Badgett is not the same type of quarterback. Um, if we lose this game, I, I think that really tells us a lot about ourselves. Um, this is not a game we, we can yeah. lose. Give me your final score projections, your final thoughts on this game, and then let's get out of here. Yeah. Um, first, I just want to kind of touch on, on their defense. Um, I, I do think it's a lot better than that. what – their points per game stat suggests. Um, and I really like the makeup because it's a lot of undrafted guys. I really like the, how they're built up front. Uh, Justin Jones, an undrafted guy we're familiar with, but everybody along that line is an undrafted chip on your shoulder type of guy led by Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, you got Andrew Billings at nose tackle Demarcus Walker is undrafted to Tennessee. Even your number one outside linebacker, TJ Edwards from Philly was an undrafted guy. That center of that defense, you got Tremaine Edwards, the guy out of Buffalo. So I think really, I like that front setup right there. I think where they really struggle is in their secondary, not because of they they don't have guys that can play, just very young guys who are developing. Um, uh, what I'm going to say, I think it's another big Josh Palmer game, just the way they're set up. Um, I don't think they're a very physical DB group, and we just saw uh, Josh Palmer absolutely go and feast on the Chiefs DBs, who I think are a little more physical just overall. Um, final prediction, let's go 30. We're going to go 30, 24 Chargers, get back on the winning side of things uh, before we throw it all away next week. <laughs> well, just so you know, Justin Jones was a third-round draft pick by Tom Telesco. Um didn't seem like it, but he was drafted in the third round by the Chargers. That's, oh, you're right. Um, yeah, but oh, I mean, they, okay. They, so that's what I'm looking at. He was on. He was 
he just came from indie he just came from well i don't understand why okay never mind i, I misread you're you're right but he i mean they they have a, a good group of defensive players the chargers are really struggling offensively if we're going to win this game, it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Uh, I'm going to say like 17-14. The fact that we only beat this team by like three points is abysmal, and I think that's all it's going to be. This is a get-back-on-track type of game. I feel like every game so far this season has been a get-back-on-track type of game, but this is one of those teams that you're going to build momentum against. They have no business being in this game. Um I don't have anything else I really want to talk about. I think we really hit the Tom Telesco thing hard. I feel like we really hit the Brandon Staley thing hard. Those are the big topics right now. But you can't lose this game and expect to see your job next week. Um, the embarrassment alone is something I would just not come in over. Also, got a shout out. I like the Familia shirt that you got, the sweater you got over uh, – at the game last time, got to sh show out for that. I'm still, I'm still part of the family. I'm just disappointed. I'm just the most disappointed uncle at the Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. That's all. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we got a couple weeks and we'll be over in, uh, in um, Green Bay. I'm still looking forward to getting to the Green Bay game. Uh, yoga studio is up and running. We're doing great things over there. Um, can't think of anything else. I'm just going to go ahead and close this out. Thank you guys so much for listening over and out.